Welcome to Unlock Your Magic, the podcast all about living authentically and doing life on your own terms. My name is Christine, I'm your host, and I invite you to come on a journey with me to discover what it means to live an authentic life, looking at the messy bits of how to get there, and hopefully picking up some tips and tricks along the way so that you can start living life as your truest self. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. And today's guest is Rachel Hicks, uh, who is a Dublin-based astrologer, offering one-to-one chart readings with people all over the world. And she practices modern Western astrology. There's a lot of different parts to it, so with a really spiritual orientation. And she offers many different types of charts, readings, uh, but her specialty is her moon readings. And I'm really, really excited to be talking to her because I know she has a lot of wisdom. She has a lot of things to say about this topic. And yeah, welcome. Thank you, Christine. It's wonderful to be here. So I always kind of want to start with where are you right now in this moment in terms of authenticity and how you feel? Like, who is your authentic self in this moment in time? Well, that's a great question. So I I have to say, I think compared to any other time in my life, I feel like I'm probably the most what you would call authentic now, which is a good sign. <laughs> so it's, it's going well <laughs> going forward. <laughs> and Describe it a little bit. So like in, in, in like your most authentic way, right? What is a day in the life of Rachel look like? Well, I suppose one of the things that has always been very consistent for me is that I, I, I kind of require to be passionate every day. It's, and it's so necessary for me. And when I was younger, I would have done so many different things like I definitely had zero stability you know self-imposed zero stability (laughs) just because I always needed I was always looking for fun and interesting things to do so I had many different jobs I tried many different things I went to many different places met lots of different people so I always I kind of sampled a lot (laughs) especially in my 20s and I guess once I'm in astrology, they actually say that you don't officially become an adult until you hit what is called a Saturn return. And everybody experiences their own Saturn return between the ages of about 27 and 30. And it's different for everyone. So some people might be a bit younger and have theirs at 27. Some people might have theirs at 30. But everyone has one. By the time you're 30, you're by astrological standards an adult. <laughs> so that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went um, before. Interesting. Go on. Before I became an astrological adult, <laughs> I was, I was definitely beat bopping around a lot. And then, uh, yeah, once I hit my, my own Saturn return, which I think I was 28 when I got mine and everything just kind of started to things that seemed disconnected and didn't make sense started to kind of come together. And now I actually have both flexibility, but also a lot more structure in my day-to-day life. And it's kind of a, it's like a cure, my, my, my life now is like a curated version of all the things I've sampled for the past couple, uh, many, you know, maybe 
uh, 15 years or so. That's amazing. And I love the idea of, of the, you know, astrological, like adult, adult self. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about, um, some of the listeners may not know about astrology or may have dipped their toes into it, but not really. So I'm always interested, obviously, in the in the generic kind of part, what astrology does for people, but also how it's helped you on that journey. Because as I gather it, there was a lot of and astrology helped you a lot getting to the point where you are now, having that both flexibility and stability. So I, I'm really interested in that journey. That how you got here. Yeah. So I suppose the first question: What is astrology? It's most people know their zodiac sign and we would call it your sun sign. Most people know their sun sign, which is only one portion of your birth chart, even though it is important. It's not the whole story. And so in terms of what you can do with astrology, there are many, many different ways you can look at it, many different ways to work with it. But the most basic way is working with your own birth chart, which essentially is like a blueprint or what I like to call like your your code, the code that you came in with. I call myself more of a code reader. <laughs> I like that. Like I go into the back end and I read the code and figure out, you know, what you can do with the code. So your birth chart is the blueprint of describing what you're here to learn about in this lifetime and where your focus is and what are some of your inherent skills and what are things that might be challenging for you. And one of the things I love about astrology is that there's no good or bad. You know, there is no good or bad. So it's more like having a color palette. You might have certain colors that are brighter and more vibrant and useful in certain situations. And then you have colors that are more subdued and natural and better in other situations. So it's like having a color palette to work with. You can look at, you know, more of an introspective approach to astrology, which is delving into your own birth chart. And for for anyone who has ever looked a bit at their birth chart and is like, oh, there's a lot of information. I still haven't learned everything about my birth chart. And I've looked at it a lot. So <laughs> just to give a bit of context. And then the next way that people for the most part use astrology is in timing. So it's like having a weather forecast, you know, what what do what does the next year look like for me? Are there certain things that I should work with more consciously? Are there certain things that I should be aware of? So introspection and timing, I would say, is are two of the biggest things. And, you know, like most people, I got into astrology by looking at my own birth chart. And there were certain things that were validated for me that I like one of the great things that astrology can do is it can give you a language to describe things about yourself that you always kind of knew, but you didn't have the words for. And that's one of the biggest pieces of magic about it. It's very validating. Yeah. And I think a lot of, um, so I think sometimes people have the notion of, oh, if you do this, you're letting that guide you or kind of dictate your life. Whereas the way you describe it, it's very different in the sense of like, no, take it as a, take it as a tool to see what's coming up, but you also always have a choice and it's more of a, sometimes more of a, oh, looking back. Oh yeah. That, that, that kind of validated things. And does that make, does that resonate or? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The way that I work with astrology is more, it's literally working with the charts, not having the chart tell you what's happening. I'm definitely, whenever I work with people and also whenever I do astrological work with myself, <laughs> I always am a participant with the symbols. Beautiful. So can you maybe give our listeners an example? Like what's, because you kind of said, oh, like looking back, like, you know, do you have an example of like, this is how it's manifested and this is how I, it, it kind of shaped me through to the point where I'm at today? For sure. Yeah. So I think my, my first biggest astrological insight was when I learned about, well, so if we want to look a little bit deeper into the charts, the planet Mercury, which most people know about Mercury retrogrades, which has to do with kind of communication and different things like that. And the planet Mercury in your birth chart has to do with your style of communication and how you process information and also how you communicate with other people, how you kind of translate what's going on in here and in your in your body into words. And some people have an easier time with that. And other people like myself, I was a like chronically, it was always really challenging for me to get everything I was feeling into language. And I never, I always thought that was just, I don't know. I didn't know what it was. And then when I was looking at my birth chart, I was told that I have mercury in a water sign. And so essentially, if you think of like clear communication, it's very airy, like, you know, the voice travels through air. So air is usually a really great facilitator for mercury. But in water, imagine you literally go underwater and you try to speak like, and even if you open your eyes, everything is distorted. So that, that's kind of the nature of having mercury in a water sign is that things are very, almost a little bit distorted, but they're very sense felt. So the positives of having Mercury in a water sign is that there is this very intuitive quality and even like how I speak is very calming and relaxing, like water, it's very fluid. Um, but one of the challenges for me was about how to translate what I was thinking and feeling into language. And that got me into a lot of tricky situations when I was younger. But with this astrological understanding, I've been able to consciously work with it. So now my way of speaking is actually one of my greatest assets. A lot of people really comment on it when I work with people in sessions because I can be intuitive and empathic and hold a particular space with my voice. But I've had to consciously work with it because Mercury is a little bit challenged in a water sign. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Again, it's a color. It's just a particular color on the color palette. So I've just worked with it. And now it's a pretty awesome tool to have. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I, if I remember rightly, I have something similar where it's like a fire sign in water. And it's like, yeah, I, I have something similar, I think, in my chart. I haven't quite figured out how to work with that yet. But that's a really good indication, a really good, good way. Like always, I kind of, you know, send little kind of questionnaires out to people beforehand just to, you know, get to know them and for you guys to also prepare. And one of the things you said in there somewhat struck me. And um, I'd love for you to talk about this. It kind of says, 
Your passion is your compass through life. And I'd love for you to tell us what that means to you, how you integrate that on a day-to-day basis, and, and how you got to that realization. Yeah, so that's, uh, so my passion is my compass through life. That's very, I did say that, and it's very true. And I have to say, I kind of, even when I was younger, I kind of needed to do things my own way. Like I, I mean, when you look at me, I'm a very, I'm a very agreeable person, but I have a little bit of a rebel in me and it comes out in certain ways. And even when I was younger, like I never did things the the regular way. Like I, I moved out on my own when I was 17 and I, you know, like I was saying earlier, I tried many different jobs. I never stuck with one thing. But what I did was I always just kind of followed my heart and my curiosity. And what that, even though there was very little stability, I always felt very alive. And to me, that was more important than the stability. I needed to feel like I was living. And of course, that has matured as I've gotten older and I've been able to fine tune my compass so that I'm not, you know, making reckless decisions. So I'm actually making more mature decisions. And now it's really nice. I kind of have that um, integration of still following my heart, but also having a bit more wisdom as to, okay, well, how does this play into what I really value and, you know, what I'm building for myself? Have you done a lot of work around, like, was that a big part of your, your journey in terms of figuring out what are your values? Because obviously, if you do lots of different things, mm. and I've, I've, I'm one of those as well that have always done so many different things. And I think that compass might be is very much linked, probably, to the values. And mm. and I wonder, have you like was that a real part of your journey to kind of figure out well what is actually important to me and how do I get more of that in my life? Is that an intricate part into your being authentic? Yeah, I do think about that a lot. And I always have, even when I was younger, I definitely, it was always on my mind to find, fine tune what is important to me. And, you know, is that represented in my life? Like a lot of people might say that X, Y, or Z is important to them, but like, where is it? How does that show up in your life? And for me, I was always kind of hyper aware of, well, if this is important to me and I value this, then it has to be visible. (laughs) You know, (laughs) if I like doing this, then it has to be seen. (laughs) So yeah, no, I think, I, I think I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't, it wasn't like a path that I decided to go on, but it has always been a very present question for me. And I always have it on the back of my mind in terms of what am I doing in my day-to-day life that is important to me? Is it valuable to me? And if it's not, then I am always editing. (laughs) I'm always happy to kind of throw out any garbage that's not working. (laughs) Well, that's a, a, I think that's an important part, but it's also a really hard part because we're a lot of us are creatures of habits and we're like, oh, this is familiar. I, you know, I don't want to change that. So I'm just going to stick with it. And oftentimes I've at least found myself in 
actually more miserable places than when I they ended up actually making the chain and was like, oh, this actually feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> has that you has that been like has it always been easy for you to kind of say, no, this is not for me, but Oh, I love change. I love it. I have no problem <laughs> just breaking a habit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, and tell us how how does one get to that place, please? Because I don't. Uh, I I truly that's a that's a true question because I don't know. I hate change. Uh, well, I and again, I think it might be, you know, in in an astrological chart, you can see certain things that are more natural to you and things that are not natural to you and you have to the things that are not natural to you it's not like you're lacking in that it's just that you have to put more conscious and uh, energy and attention into cultivating it in a different way so for me i'm actually more prone to change and when i you know it used to be more of an issue for me because i would i would just you know for example when i was between the ages of let's say 17 to 24, I probably lived in like 10 different places in in the state of Georgia. And I I mean, it was so easy for me to just be like, oh, done with this place, onto the next, done with this, onto the next. And that it was a little chaotic. So I actually needed to put more conscious effort and attention into stability, which was not easy for me. So my um, natural instinct would have been changed and I actually needed to put more attention in stabilizing. And now now I have kind of found a good balance with it. But um, yeah, my natural instinct would have been towards change. <laughs> and how did you get there? So for those, I think like you said, there's two different types of people. One that, you know, encourage change and need more kind of stability. And then there's people like me are like, like it's stable but I also like kind of fluids but it's really hard for me can you talk a little bit about how people can like are there any tools any things that you've done apart from obviously the astrology but to cultivate that yeah. um so in terms of how I've cultivated that I think you know again just having a conscious awareness of what are the things that I maybe am I have a natural skill with and what are the things I don't have a natural skill with and how do we kind of find a nice blend of all of these and again you know referring back to the astrology chart you can see these energies in an astrology chart you can see them and how they they play out with each other and we all have the we all have our own sort of like I I think of it as like a little candy box like you know you get your <laughs> um what is it? The sampled chocolate boxes. <laughs> and, you know, you have like all of your things and some of them are going to be harder to work with than others. So for me, um, you know, discipline has actually been really helpful for me to integrate. And I've had, for example, I'm just coming to the end of a, a four year long professional astrology education. And uh, it is it has been like a boot camp. I mean, I've had to commit 10 hours every single week for the past four years to to studying. And that's that's just studying. That's like apart from my my own astrological work that I do with clients and everything. So, um, you know, having that discipline, it, it you know, it used to really 
it was like metal grinding for me, you know, years ago. But now I really value it because I've been able to cultivate something that's not natural for me, having that self-discipline and structure and time boundaries. Like one of the worst things for me is waking up in the morning and not being able to just be like, oh, well, what do I want to do today? Like the fact that I have to commit myself to certain a certain amount of hours and tasks is like so against my nature. Um, but I've learned how to integrate that. And now it's like, I'm quite proud of having that for the 10 hours every week and like had a schedule and, um, just stuck to it. So now it's like, wow, that wasn't easy, but you know, I, I did the workouts and now I can do the thing. (laughs) And I think it's always the, it's always the thing that we're resisting the most probably in, in a way I, I kind of feel like. What we resist the most is usually what we really need. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely, I had loads of resistance to having a more structured schedule. Um, You know, this is like five years ago now that I started to have to schedule myself a bit more um, in a structured way and not just do whatever I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you are, you are quite a free spirit in, in a way. So it's, it's, it's really beautiful to see having those call it yin and yang, call it like healthy feminine, healthy masculine energy is there because that's what it is, right? It's the it's the, the feminine, if it's not contained, it's the chaos. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, the fluid, the, the, the chaos. And the masculine is obviously the only is only striving and having no fluidity in, in that. And when the both can like dance together, they support each other really well so that we can be more in our feminine supported by the masculine structure of things and yeah. um, exactly exactly i love that and that's exactly it just finding that yin and yang balance because my my natural nature is fluidity it's just so easy for me to just be like oh whatever <laughs> so but i have like now i really love the kind of yang energy and the boundaries and the structure so it's, it's an, it, I love finding that balance with it all. It's very satisfying. Were there any messy bits in, the, in between on your journey that you're like, oh, that was so hard? Oh, totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would, you, would you be up for telling us like, like a story or something about that? Because that's also what I'm really trying to mm. cultivate in this podcast is that on Instagram and all the social media, we only ever see the highlight reels. We see the beautiful ones. Mm-hmm. We've been through the tr- transformation, but not a lot of people show the messy bits. And and one thing that I've committed to myself and to whoever is listening and whatever else I put out there is that I try to keep it real and I show the ugly bits and the messy yeah. bits. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, one of the best assistance that I have is also my partner who you know Tommy and he is he is very straightforward and very honest and it's pretty excellent to have someone who can navigate those deeper waters with it's really wonderful to have a partner like that and I definitely think that when so you know before I became um, an astrologer I used to be a yoga teacher and I was you know, it, when I was teaching yoga, I really, I really loved it, but it wasn't like my mission. I didn't feel like it was my mission. I love yeah. yoga so much though. And I do it every day now. And I love teaching. It was such a, a wonderful experience. 
But it was, again, it was very, like, it was a bit flitty for me. It was like, you know, oh, coming and going. I didn't feel like I had a big goal with it. And I think I was really craving something like that. I was craving like a bigger goal. And when I found astrology, for some reason, it just kind of fit itself into that part. Like I feel very mission oriented with astrology, which I never really had that with anything before. And when I committed myself to the training, which is really, really intensive, like astrology, I've studied quite a few different things. And astrology still even after like over 2000 hours of training i mean i i still am like i feel like i feel like there's so much more to learn <laughs> it's so it's such a deep subject um but it really keeps me interested which i love but you know when i first committed myself to it i would easily get very overwhelmed i would just get so overwhelmed with just the you know the amount of things to complete in one day. <laughs> and I mean, I, by the way, I mean, I, I totally know there's a lot of people in this world who have a lot more commitments than I do. I'm certainly not saying I have it hard at all. <laughs> but for me and what I was used to, it was like extraordinarily overwhelming. And I really wondered if like I was going to be able to get on board with it. And, you know, luckily with my partner, I was able to have him help me navigate and go into those kind of unconscious patterns that I had, you know, self-sabotage and all of that. So yeah, there were teething bits. There were teething bits for sure. And I I mean, I personally, like I really like to think of, I really like having an open horizon in front of me at all times. <laughs> it's just interesting to me. So even though I call myself an astrologer, like I'm not saying that that is my thing like for me like my thing is whatever I'm passionate about you know whenever and astrology's just kept my attention consistently for like five years <laughs> which is which is a big deal for me which is a big deal for me <laughs> sounds like have you turned heard of the term scanner multi-petalite no. no what is that yeah to, to check that out because it's um it basically describes the type of people like you and I who are always interested in multiple things and mm -hmm. always dip their toes in multiple things at the same time, you know, get bored sometimes real quick with things and then kind of move on. I wonder now if there is an element of ADHD in there as well, to be honest. But it's a really interesting concept because in the society or in the realm that we're living in, you and I to some degree, there is a real focus on, well, find your purpose. And mm. it's like, oh, you have to find this one thing <laughs> that you are meant to be doing and nothing else is mm. important. And I find that really troublesome as someone who's always been looking because you're always, I feel like I've always been chasing and chasing and chasing and never arriving. Yeah. So that kind of multi-potentialite scanner is like, oh, it's, it's, it's okay. And, and what I've actually arrived, and I wonder what your opinion about that is. I've arrived at the place where I don't call it the purpose. I, I call it calling or call it vocation, whatever that kind of resonates. But for me, that and the expressions of that. So it's not a, well, it's not astrology is my thing. But for me, I look at it as, oh, freedom is my thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So rather than kind of saying, oh, there's one thing or like call it yoga, call, whatever that expression of it is, there's something underneath there. Is there, is there something, is there, does that resonate? Is there something underneath that for you where like, oh, this is, this is my motivation underneath that? Absolutely. Uh, Yes. I have a lot to say about the concept of mission. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, tell us. Yeah, I completely agree. And I had, I did have a particular experience where that bubble popped for me. And what happened was since I was a teenager and maybe even when I was even in, well, in, in the States, we call it middle school. It's like, you know, at 13, 12 and 13 years old here, I think it's all secondary school in Ireland. So when I was younger, I always was very good at writing and I just was naturally skilled at writing and like grammar just came really easy to me. And so I did write for the school newspaper and I always just kind of took myself to be a writer. It was a very much an identity that I had. And it was so much an identity that I really thought that I had to create a substantial product, like a book or something, something that was like, well, this is my, this is my thing. This is what I did. (laughs) And it is, I feel good about it now. But no matter what I did, you know, I wrote for lots of different people. I wrote articles. I did editorial internships and little jobs. And I even spent a year writing a whole book. Uh, but but I, I, it always felt like this dangling carrot. I, even when I wrote, I never felt satisfied. It never felt like it ticked that box. And that got me really curious just because that's the way I am. I questioned that and I really poked at myself about that. I was like, if you call yourself a writer and if you think that writing is your thing, then why are you never satisfied? Why do you not just love the fact that you can write during the day? Why is that not enough? And that really got me very curious. <laughs> that was that was a fun one. That was a fun bubble to pop because... There was one day where I just was like, I just don't know if that is my thing. I don't know. And I don't even know if there is another thing that I have. And it's kind of a relief to say that. It's kind of really a big relief to say, you know what? I just, I'm going to (laughs) stop. I'm just tired of that. (laughs) Oh, the perpetual search. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Yeah. So I just dropped it. I just said, you know, if I want to write, then it'll come back to me and I'll do it. But I just don't want to anymore. I'm just not going to do it. And so I, you know, I did years of teaching yoga and I've worked with feng shui. And now I have, you know, I'm going into five years of working with astrology and or studying astrology and, and working with it um, for a few years. And now after having dropped the identity of being a writer, and kind of just stopping the chase of the dangling carrots. I genuinely just feel really successful and satisfied in every day that I have. I feel successful when I have a day off and me and Tommy just go for a walk on the beach and go get 
muffins and croissants and cake and just, you know, have fun together. And I feel successful every single time I do a, an astrology reading with someone. That to me is like the pinnacle of my success, <laughs> you know? I'm like, this is it. I made it. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome that every little thing, when I have a sandwich, if I have just a sandwich that I love, I'm like, I did it. <laughs> and I think that's also that's also a testament to the work that you and Tommy are doing. So if so if those listening, if you want to go back to episode nine, that's Tommy, right? That's her. Yeah, thing. That's that's a Tommy she's talking about. And I've had the privilege of working with them for, for a few months now, actually. And um, I think that's a testament to the work that he, he, uh, he does and you do. And it's just dropping, yeah, it's dropping all the identities. It's dropping all the labels that we put on ourselves or are put up on ourselves and just being. And I think that's the ultimate success. But I think it takes a lot to have that realization is, oh, I don't have to be that. I can just drop that without it being actually a big deal. Well, it is a big deal, but at the same time, without a lot of effort. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the fears that people might have is, well, if I drop all of this, then there will be nothing. I will just be nothing. Nothing will happen. But I think the magic is that the opposite occurs because literally when I dropped it all, this astrological career just happens. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but it did. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it gets to do with when you drop the thing that you've been, like you say, the carrot that has been dangling just in front of you. And you've been chasing that the whole time and never felt that's, a, that's fulfillment. I think it's just once you drop that, it just opens up to, oh, the universe is like, there you go, here, here, how about this? You know, it just drops it in your lap and you just, without you having to do anything, which is so beautiful. And, and so it's so hard to kind of drop that though and let go of that identity because we invest so much. And, I, you know, I'm going through a process right now where I'm having to drop a lot of identities and, it's a process, but it also, I'm deciding I'm going to have fun with it. So just have fun with it and don't take yourself too seriously. I think that's, that's one of the things as well that I think I see in you and Tommy where it's just so beautiful, the, the fun you guys are having. And, um, we have a lot of fun. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We don't take it too seriously. But you also, I think, redefine what success means to you. I think mm -hmm. even kind of you saying, oh, I'm just having a sandwich and that is success. That's a huge counterintuitive thing for mainstream culture at the moment. Because obviously in the world that we live in, we're told that, and it's the, it's we're, we're conditioned from very early on that, oh, no, no, you need to go to school, you need to go to college, you need X, Y, Z. And then more and more and more and more, more all the time, whereas actually sometimes maybe less is more. And I, I also have a choice in that and kind of say, ah, this is what success means to me. Mm -hmm. So is that, is that what success mean to you in this moment in time? I do very much 
live by the less is more idea. I very much preferred to do a handful of things really well than to have a lot of things going on that I'm only doing half well. It, one of my pet peeves is when I'm only giving half of my attention to something. I mean, I just cannot cope with that. So I'm like, I am not a multitasker. If I'm focused on one thing, it has my full attention <laughs> and nothing else has my attention. And I just kind of zone in on whatever I'm focused on. And to me, when, I, when I'm able to give my full attention to the things that are important to me and I feel like I'm looking after those things and they are integrated into my life, like, for example, you know, I have like my list of priorities, you know, like my relationship with Tommy is she, I'm a real love nut. Like I just love being in love. There's nothing better for me. Like I always joke around with Tommy. I'm like, the only reason I do anything in life is just to cuddle. Like that's, that's <laughs> like, I don't, the, it's like why I have a career in astrology or anything is just so I can cuddle. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a good one. A good one. Yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty high on my list is just being in love and having a good relationship. Um, you know, in, in my astrology chart, I have a lot of uh, energy around the part of my chart that has to do with relationships. So that's something that I'm here to learn about. And I, that is definitely present for me. But at the same time, I don't want to have kids. So for me, that's not a priority. Um, but doing something that is you know, inspiring. And I'm very much a self-starter. So I have to kind of have independence in my work. And so the work I'm doing now really encapsulates that. And I also love to, to travel. I come from a, my, uh, pretty much everyone in my family is a Sagittarius and I'm a Sagittarius rising. And if you know about the Zodiac sign, Sagittarius is the traveler and the wanderer and the explorer. And I have to, I have to have some space in my life for that as well. So those are some of the most important things to me. And if I can dedicate myself to those things and give attention to them and not just half attention, then to me, I feel very successful. That's amazing. I actually think I have, I actually think I have Sagittarius. I think that might be my moon sign, I think. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I definitely have the travel in there. I think that's what it is. Anyway, I might have to, might have to look at that again, but yeah. Unfortunately, we're nearly out of time, but I want to, I always ask that question at the end. Um, for people on this journey or maybe just starting out to figuring out, well, who even am I or what am I or what am I here to do or on this path of authenticity, is there one piece of advice you'd give them on their journey? One piece of advice. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> one piece. For being the most authentic, I think it's different for everyone. And I think that really spending time with yourself and not basing your authenticity on what other people tell you you should do. It, I think is really important. And sometimes that takes retreating from people, you know, spending time on your own, going and going and doing things on your own where there's no one to influence you. When you go to an event, 
with a person, you're going to have a different interaction with all the people there than if you go on your own. And so, you know, go, go do a few things on your own, go to dinner on your own, you know, for a little while and just see what is it that you're drawn to without the influence of other people around. I think that that's really important to have that, uh, that time for yourself to explore what you're drawn to without the influences of other people. That's, yeah, that's such good advice. And it is so, as someone who's done a lot of traveling on her own and a lot of things on her own, I can only recommend that too. It's hard in the beginning because you feel like everyone looks at you and, but now it's like, no, I can go to even things out of my comfort zone that I can go on my own. And so thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you? Where can people work with you? Um, What's the best way to get in touch with you? So my website and Instagram are the best ways to get in touch with me. Uh, my website has pretty much all the information you would need. And I do have a contact form at the bottom, but you can also just send me an Instagram message and um, contact me through Instagram. So those are, those are the two ways. Amazing. And we'll, we'll link them down at the bottom uh, of, this, of this episode in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Rachel. It was such a pleasure, such an honor to have you here. And I hope you have a lovely day and people enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much, Christine. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. If you like this episode, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. These small actions help us immensely since we are an independent podcast without any sponsorship. See you next time.